You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7 Sports, formerly of Scout, and formerly of a myriad of Cleveland sports blogs. So many games since we last talked. That's probably the big story, and you can write down to it. But before we get into that story, I want to remind everyone to go check out rockauto.com. They've been our sponsor for over a year. If you need a part for your car, check out, check Rock Auto first. So the Indians had a... I, I'm sure, you know, I could go through the notes and dig out exactly when. I cannot recall ever having double headers in back-to-back days. So my last recording was Thursday, which means we had the Friday disaster. Saturday rain out, doubleheader, doubleheader today. Five games since we last spoke. And when we last spoke, the Indians were a game out of first. They're now three and a half back, or maybe they're a game and a half out of first. Now three and a half back, uh, Toronto series didn't go exactly how I stated it would, but pretty similar, pretty close to the uh, prediction. Because while I did predict they would lose two out of three in that series, I did not predict uh, who would win. I thought that the uh, the one game they pulled out would be one of the ones they lost, where I thought the Savali-Ross Stripling matchup uh, in the first part of the doubleheader, I thought that was a great matchup. Stripling has struggled, Savali has been great. On the other side of things, you have Henches, who's struggled, versus Steve Matz, who's been great for Toronto. He's in the midst of a career year. Matz was okay, was not his usual self. Tyler Chatwood, who's been one of the few reliable pieces in the pen for Toronto, blew up. Cost them that game. Henches wasn't great, that was true, but the bullpen came through, which is really the story with the win today against the White Sox as well. The bullpen came through. Starting pitching just hasn't been there. Henches struggled. Uh, if we go and talk about today's game, it was kind of humorous uh, in like a dark comedy kind of way as I was getting the little updates through the score app on my phone. That's what I, I use. I feel like I'm changing every six months which app I use to get scores and, and notes on and news because they all annoy me. I'm like, no, I want all roster transactions. No, I do not want your opinion. Like I follow you to get scores and when players get moved up and down. Now that I count as media this year, I just get that in my mailbox so that, you know, that's an upside. But I I switched through apps and the score app, like for the Indians White Sox in that first game that the Indians lost, all the updates were positive things about the Indians. Mackenzie struck out eight in a row. The Indians start off with homers in this one. It's, uh, you know, they're just popping up on the phone as the game is occurring as I'm watching it. Not watching it all the way through, I'll be honest in and out doing some yard work as is uh you know memorial day you do some yard work you have some uh some food with family you're not going to catch two full baseball games on that day especially when you are a parent to a three-year-old that just doesn't happen you don't have that time now cesar hernandez two home runs that's great he is up to eight on the year and that's a you know an unusually high amount for him uh but at the same time his errors cost the indians that baseball game like he giveth and he taketh, and I don't know if you can sit back and just excuse the errors uh, because of the uh, the offensive performance. If you're curious, eight home runs so far this year. Uh, his three highest career totals: fifteen, fourteen, and nine. So very different. Uh, he's on pace to crush those totals. 
But yeah, the errors just stand out. I mean, Tristan McKenzie, apparently they need to send him down for like two days and then he was going to be good. Not ideal. You know, his five and one third innings, five runs, all earned, 10 strikeouts, just the two walks. But it's kind of crazy when you get down to it. Four hits and two walks, six base runners, but five runs. Now, yes, the errors had an effect, but they were still earned runs. There was nothing that the error added that was, you know, make the, making those unearned. So that's something that could be put on the pitcher in these situations. Now, Brian Shaw was not great in his relief. You look at his line, it's like, oh, he pitched two-thirds of an inning, struck out both guys. But yeah, two walks, uh, two wild pitches, I want to say. It was not great that those let runs across. I that, I mean the McKenzie's start was just it was a weird one. Like we just state that like just a hundred percent. If you just you go through and you look at what was going on in this game, I'm gonna just kind of click back to the first over here. Uh, you know he's going. The Indians have their home runs. They're up two nothing. McKenzie's fine. You know perfect first. They come out in the second, take the lead, and you're like uh oh. This is what we saw with Tristan McKenzie in the past. He gets the out, then a walk. Walks always come back to hurt him. Double, single, double and an error, which allows uh, the advancement of the, of the run. Uh, then you get the ground out, another walk, ground out, strike out. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's the Indians. Ooh, I can't read a box score today. Uh, the walk. And then the pickoff, which is kind of funny because some places do not count the pickoff. So like I was looking at this on the score app, for instance, I'm like, why does it end with a walk in the second? Like I didn't see the second inning. Uh, so I was sitting there going, what is going on? And it's because they don't, they failed to mention a pickoff occurred, you know, and then after that, he's on the third is great. The fourth is great. That's when he starts that strikeout stretch. The fifth is fantastic. Comes out in the sixth, gets the strikeout, and then go back to the top of the order. And that's where you're playing with fire a little bit. Like a third time through the lineup with McKenzie, is that really what you want to do as a manager? And if you know this team and you know McKenzie and everything that's gone on, and you just know his history as a pitcher so far in the big leagues, third time through the order is a lot to ask. And yes, he got the first two batters, but Jake Lamb has been a borderline major leaguer for a few years now. You get into the heart of the order and you get the walk, you get the walk there after that initial, I'm sorry, you get the single after that initial strikeout. Shaw comes in. And this is where I say you look at a, if you're box score scouting, you're like, oh, everything's good. Uh, except for a wild pitch advances the runner to second. Then you have the walk here, which, you know, normally you're thinking, you know, Moncada ends up at third, even though Bray walks. Now, Moncada was at first base, but thanks to a pair of wild pitches, he's at third. The walk. Uh, is being one of the wild pitches. And then you have the error here, which, I mean, again, a fielder's choice by Cesar Hernandez. Moncada scores, Jose Abreu to second. The number of times, like, it's not just the Indians. I feel like it was another game this year where someone sailed a third. Like, Yerman uh, Mercedes is not quick. Like, he is not the guy you need to worry about doing that. Uh, worry about going down the line. It's just uh, it's so frustrating to see that kind of unfold. And then Karen Chalk, you know, it's ERA creeping up a little. I mean, he's been utterly dominant throughout the year, but he does have those points where he just unravels. Uh, in his last seven games, six and one third innings, he has now given up five runs. And remember, today, 
believe only two of his runs were earned. So it's uh, ERA over seven. He does have three saves, but he is he's had some off ones of late. You know, he gave up. Uh, t- yeah, it was two today, one in Detroit. Hasn't been in Class A. Has had his struggles as well. Those guys were so. I, they're not going to continue to stay like relievers with ERAs under two. They're going to start to have these off games. Fortunately, it happened here. Sandlin, what a performance. He's, you know, I was down on him. I, I This is where I eat crow because I was saying, you know, I was trusting scouting reports because I didn't get to see Altsite. It's not like I was getting reports or seeing video from Altsite a year ago. I wasn't part of media then. I did was it, in the Indians in general, I don't know how much they shared with media because they were one of those teams that was not sharing information in general with other squads. So there was not a lot. And what I did here was negative on Sandlin. So I was like, well, this is a guy who was hurt, who, you know, pitched at a smaller conference, who moved very quickly through the system and then just kind of stopped and got hurt. And then we didn't have much on and the reports were negative. And it all you're like, okay, injury, you start to get scared. And I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have listened. Okay. Let's just put it there. I should have just waited until I could see stuff with my own eyes. And I did not. And I was wrong on Sandlin. There's just, you know, there's no other way to around it. I was wrong. You know, the Indians still have another game against the White Sox. Chance another two, right? Uh, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, so they have a chance to bring that lead down a bit. Off day Thursday, three against the Orioles. Off day Monday, two against the Cardinals. Off day, Mariners for three, Orioles for four, Pirates for three. Why am I going that deep into the schedule? Yes, the Indians lost two out of three of the Mariners. The Mariners are not a good team. They're just not. They're still in that process of trying to get to the next step. They are, you know, 500. They're a 500 team. If you're the Indians, a team with playoff aspirations, you should be winning series against teams that are just about 500. The Orioles are a bottom five, you know, bottom five team in baseball right now. Pirates are a bottom five team in baseball. You're looking at 10 straight games against teams that are, you know, uh, one that's about 500 and then you know that's three of those and then seven games against some of the worst teams in baseball this is their chance the cardinals they're good they're tied for first uh the orioles before that we already talked about them but yeah they they have seven games against the orioles in the next two weeks so there is a lot of reasons to think this team could conceivably come june 21st be in first place uh the schedule lines up well for them after that if you're like what comes up next we got the cubs for two who I don't know if they're going to start selling pieces yet. Maybe they won't sell pieces at all. Maybe they'll try for it. I mean, they are tied for first with the Cardinals. Then you have the Twins, who will see what they're doing. And you have three against the Tigers. June is a nice month for the Indians. It is a very nice month for the Indians uh, in general. Uh, July is rough. Okay, so July, you got the Royals. The second worst team you're facing in July, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, is either the Astros or the Athletics. That that's July is going to be rough. Like this is a team that is needs to get fat in June. This is kind of like back in 2019 where they went on that stretch in June to uh, make the Twins. And it was June into July, for being honest. But they went on that stretch to make it close with the Twins. And eventually they did take over first for like a day in July. And then it all kind of came undone. But if they're going to compete with the White Sox this year, they have to take advantage of this June schedule. That's just, it shapes up for them. It is the time to excel. We have a new sponsor, and you know that always makes me happy because a new sponsor is always a great thing for our show. Credit Karma is our newest sponsor, and Credit Karma has always been there to help you make make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, 
If you're looking for instant satisfaction and instant gratification, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Uh, Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your debit card from Credit Karma, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements up to $5,000. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MBB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And then when you have someone who's new like Credit Karma, it's nice to go back to the old reliables. And who is our old reliable? Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the office pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? Is it an LX? An EX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to have. And, you know, there could be a huge difference in those prices between those, but they're just going to take what they have. And if they have special deals with certain retailers, certain parts uh, distribution, then you're the one who ends up paying for that difference. You have a computer, so you have access to rockauto.com at your home, in your pocket, wherever you need to make sure that you are getting a good deal on the piece and part for your car. And if you're like me and you're someone who doesn't know cars, it's still easy to navigate, still easy to go through, still easy to find everything you need for your car. Remember when you go to Rock Auto, in the How'd You Hear About Us box, you're going to type Locked On, Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, Locked On of some form to let them know that their advertising money is well spent. Let them know we sent you there. And the reason we'll send you and the reason I'll continue to talk about Rock Auto, on top of the fact that they're a sponsor and have been for so long, is it's just a tool that is a useful tool for you to have. RockAuto.com, make sure you tell them Locked On sent you. So let's just dive into these games. We're not going to spend a whole bunch of time on each of these individual performances. Uh, the first one, the 11-2 to loss. Again, yes, not an ideal debut for Eli Morgan. If you listen to the show, I told you it wouldn't be a good debut. It was a situation where he was kind of set up to fail. And the Indians just didn't have any other choices. I'm glad he got his opportunity. I hope he gets another chance. I wouldn't take anything at all away from that game with the twirling wins and everything else going on. Another rough performance by Mayton. Uh, he bounces back later on in the week, luckily for him. We've talked about how good Sandlin was. This was an off night. Stefan, it was an off... Stefan. Stefan, it was an off night. Kyle Nelson. Pay attention to Kyle Nelson. Kyle Nelson's been dealing of late. If you go back two years ago, I, when I was doing my bullpen rankings, I, I was spending... This must have been 2019 when I was spending time in double A a lot of that year talking to people, hearing stuff. I thought it was pretty clear Karen Chalk was the top prospect, and I had Tier 2 as Sandlin and Nelson, and then Tier 3 it was like Adam Scott, Hurt, I believe Oblique, and so many Oblique injuries right now, and Robert Broom uh, in particular in the upper minors. So Nelson, he'll come up more. He's he's playing well, let's put it that way. Uh, who reached base twice in this one as we go through and do kind of the typical things? Harold Ramirez, and that's it. The Indians managed four hits in that one. Three stars. Well, Harold Ramirez and Kyle Nelson were two of the players we could say something positive about, so there you go. That's two spots. Uh, no extra base hits. So it really is uh, who you're feeling in this one. Is it Jose Ramirez? Is it uh, Cesar Hernandez? Uh, the, well, you know what? We're going to give it to Josh Naylor. He had an outfield assist, and he had a walk. 
with as bad as Friday was, that is all it takes to get the third star in that one. Ooh, yeah. I think that's the less said about Friday, the better, right? That's just, I think, when you're sitting there breaking the tiebreaker with a hit versus a walk, when you're like, well, somebody had an outfield assist and there was no extra base hits and no other reasons to pick someone, that that speaks to how poorly Friday was all around. So let's talk about this 4-1 loss. Uh, Maiton rebounds in this one, one inning, one walk, two strikeouts. Savali, not one of his best starts. Again, this is a deadly offensive team. Blue Jays' bullpen, they weren't able to get to him in this one. Uh, Romano's been good. Their best chance was probably against Dallas, but frankly, with the way Stripling's pitched all year, the best chance was against their starter. They just didn't happen to get to him. Uh, just four hits. That's kind of the surprise for me in this one. With as bad as Stripling has been, they managed four hits. Now, Naylor goes three for three with a home run. I'm laughing because they had four hits, three of them from one dude. They only had one walk as well. They just they couldn't get on base, and that's how you lose a 4-1 game is you do nothing offensively. Naylor, easy, three-star. Maiden has had a string of struggles, so he gets one of those by having a you know an inning where no one gets across. No one else uh, reached base twice because you got Jose Ramirez with a walk. You have Ahmed Rosario with a hit. Savali, like he's in contention, six innings, but you're like 10 hits. That's a lot of hits. Only one walk, four earned runs, and the only re- the two home runs, one strikeout. He can't get there. So I guess you give it to Ahmed Rosario. He had a hit. You know, it's if you're hit versus a walk, a hit is more valuable uh, without any other way to differentiate. That's how bad those two games are. Like, again, struggling to find anyone else to give a thir- a positive star to. And in both those games, the second most positive performance is a reliever who pitched one inning. So, whew, yeah, that, the less said, the better. Let's move on. So, uh, Henches struggles. I'm, that, this is a game I watched him go, and I'm like, they're going to get swept. Uh, J.C. Mejia, again, J.C., Juan Carlos Mejia. I mean, we can call him JC, I guess, but uh, pitches well. Whit Grand hadn't pitched in a while. He pitches well. Trevor Steffen, again, bullpen doing their job. Class A does give up a run. Luckily, the Indians had a, a two-run cushion there to get through. He, you know, His ERA is technically lower than Karen Chalk's, but for some reason I feel more confident in Karen Chalk. I don't, it's probably a sign of uh, me not properly processing the data I have. Who reached base twice? Well, Hernandez and uh, Ahmed Rosario both had a hit and a walk. You had a hit and a walk for Chang, and I believe that is it. Uh, only extra base hit, Rene Rivera. He goes one for two, has that in there. Uh, Zimmer pinch ran. You had Eddie Rosario with a, uh, a stolen base, and then a hit by pitch for Harold Ramirez. Means he... Still didn't reach base twice. So, who do you give it to? I know Class A got the win, but I don't think it goes to him. I think you probably go to Mejia in this one, uh, just as he pitched, hey, almost two innings. Didn't give up a run. On the other side of things, I mean, Yu Chen Chang has not had a lot of reasons to cheer, so I think you give it to him. Also scored two runs on the day with those two. And then I'm tempted to give it to Med Rosario, who RBIs don't mean a lot, and it pains me to make like that be the tiebreaker between him and Cesar Hernandez, but uh, he got the RBIs. Oh, that pains me. Like I am not someone who values an RBI at all, 
but in a tiebreaker with two players who didn't have an error, no one had an extra base hit, uh, give it to Ahmed. And thankfully the Indians pulled out one win in this series, right? So we haven't, let's, the bad game, Tristan McKenzie, I'm giving it to him. Yes, five runs in five innings isn't great. 10 strikeouts, uh, only two walks. Those are great. Those are fantastic numbers. Uh, some of it was his defense letting him down, but some of it, you know, just needs to, some of it is bad luck. Like you should not have five earned runs on four hits and two walks. You just shouldn't. That's an unlikely thing to happen. I mean, the Indians had 10 hits and only got six runs. It's That just kind of goes to show how unlikely uh, that that is to occur, where you have six guys reach by a hit or walk and five of them score. Overall, who reached base twice in this one? Well, Cesar and Ahmed each had two hits, as did Josh Naylor. He only had two walks, and uh, Jose Ramirez and Owen Miller, neither of them ended up having a hit. So those are your... Uh, Zimmer also had two hits in this one. Uh, extra base hits, a double by Chang. He goes one for four. Two home runs by Cesar, one by Ahmed Rosario, and a stolen base by Zimmer. So I already gave uh, one to Tristan McKenzie. I'm giving one to Zimmer with two hits, and he hasn't had a star this year. Two hits and a stolen base. He gets it. And then I'm going to give it to Ahmed over Cesar because Ahmed had, or Cesar had two costly errors. Uh, yeah, he had two home runs, and that's awesome. But he had two very costly areas. Ahmed had two hits, and one of them was a home run. So he uh, gets the star in that one. Let's talk about the win. Quantrell gets the chance in a bullpen game. Three and two-thirds innings, one run, five strikeouts, four hits. 2.08 ERA now. And he's really making a case to get a chance to start. He was leading. He was at Stanford. And leading up to his draft year, I think he went eighth or ninth to the Padres. And I bring this all up because I covered the draft. And he was a guy who was a 1-1 candidate that year who chose not to pitch. He was hurt. And he got to deal with the Padres and essentially sat out when he could have come back for the last two months of the year. But yeah, he he's always been interesting. And I thought he'd be part of the rotation. It didn't happen. But they don't have a lot of choices. And he's continuing to perform well. Uh, I know he didn't look great in the spring. But again, how much value do you really want to place in spring training? Kyle Nelson, two-thirds of an inning, one walk. Nick Whitgren, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, two strikeouts. Maiton gets the win. One inning, one hit, two strikeouts. Class A comes in, gets the save, strikes out the side. Bullpen is fantastic. Combined seven innings, one run. Earned 12 strikeouts, one walk, seven hits. And why are they fantastic? 12 strikeouts to one walk. That is great. Quantrell is going to get one of the stars in this one. Uh, i got to figure out if anyone else in the bullpen steps up and deserves it so who reached base twice in this one correct answer would be unfortunately no one seven hits but uh to seven different players the one walk to josh naylor who didn't have a hit cesar hernandez the only player who didn't reach base in this one uh you wonder if he took anything a little personally after the big first game if he just kind of got down a bit jose ramirez team leading 13th home run uh, he, with that home run, and since he only scored three runs, and that was a two-run shot, easy to make him one of the stars along with Quantrell in this one. And then, honestly, it's like looking at the pen. Can I just uh, give the whole pen? Can I give Nelson, Wickren, Maiden, and Class? I'm going to cheat. I'm going to make 
four guys get the third star and give it to the entire bullpen because they were that good. Uh, in a close game, they were able to come in, shut the door, and this team needed uh, that. You know, a loss would have put them... I mean, they're already closer to the Royals than the White Sox in the division standings. But if they lose this game today, they would have been 28-25. and 25. You know, they'd be four and a half back, and the Royals are... So they'd win a game and a half in front of the Royals and four and a half behind the White Sox. They're already three and a half back and two and a half ahead of the Royals. Talked about the easy schedule coming up. Uh, and frankly, it's like, Tomorrow should be a win. It should be at two and a half when you have Shane Bieber on the mound against Dylan Cease, who Dylan Cease has continued to struggle this year for the White Sox. He has not stepped up for them the way they hoped. Uh, you know, he was the kind of the pitcher you were, if you're a fan of the White Sox, you thought maybe he could be the next big guy. And I don't know if I like the expression big guy there, uh, but specifically of late, he has not pitched as well. Started out looking good. He hasn't been able to be consistent. Uh, you know, Rondon's been unbelievable. Rondon is finally looking like the guy who, uh, if you go back to that draft class, I thought should have been the first pick in the class that year. I, you know, maybe not the wisest thing, but that's when I was early in scouting. Just leave it alone. He was a lefty with elite stuff. Uh, he's finally looking like that guy. And remember, they let him go. Anyone could have added him. Uh, he is on a fantastically cheap deal, making a ton of money for himself right now because I believe it is a one-year contract. Lance Lynn, who they went out and traded for for just this year, also making money for himself. I you know, I questioned, was he kind of like a one-year wonder? Was this like a Marcus Simeon who you know, is, is doing more than Marcus Simeon has also proven me wrong? But uh, you know, Lynn's look great. Rondon's look great. They got Giolito there long-term. Jimmy Lambert, they caught up in the game. I've always been high on him. I know it wasn't his best performance. Okay, cool. They got a few more years, and that's he's been their their weakest starter of the group. But Cease is uh, he's still not someone that I feel like the uh, the White Sox fa- faithful love. And then Morgan versus Reynaldo Lopez. I'm not sure if that's a bullpen game or what, because I didn't think Lopez was starting for them. But that could also just be that we don't have that announced in the site. You know, looking at roster resources could be giving me incorrect information. But yeah, they should win tomorrow and then Wednesday probably a loss so you're probably hoping to leave this series with a split if they could somehow win both those games they could end this series one and a half back uh and then well i mean detroit just beat up on minnesota uh while cleveland would head to baltimore for the weekend and we'll profile the orioles and kind of check in with them uh later on in the week let's head over to uh bet online and let's see what they think for that matchup tomorrow if they agree with me that this should be a game where the Indians are favored. Uh, we know Bieber was utterly fantastic in his last start, but the two before that were his two worst of the year. The White Sox, some people think, is the best team in the American League. How are they viewing that matchup tomorrow over on the baseball side of things? Remember, when you go to betonline.com, use that promo code Locked On to get a 5-0, bonus on your first deposit. Yes, they agree with me. 6-10 start. That is actually the earliest game tomorrow. The White Sox get a run and a half in the matchup. Negative 166. The Indians are plus 146. So it looks like people are betting, uh, if I understand this correctly, people are betting on the White Sox tomorrow. So that line has shifted. I don't know if it shifted, but that's, I think, how that goes. But I'm sure if I really dug into bet online, they would tell me all everything I need to know. 
Uh, they have a great source of information on top of having just tons of uh, things you can bet on. Anything you can imagine under the sun, you will find it over at betonline.ag today and use that promo code Locked On. So I thought, you know, the minor league season is taken off, right? We have almost a month in the season. Let's go look at Columbus today. I was hoping to do both AAA and AA. Unfortunately, I just do not have the time left in this show to dig into the uh, the AA players as well. But let's talk about the top players down there, those top prospects playing in Huntington Park, one of the hardest to evaluate parks uh, in terms of statistical production in uh, all of minor league baseball. It is a bandbox. It is a place that is... Uh, very easy to hit the ball hard out of, and a lot of guys hit the ball very hard out of there and put up great numbers, and that can then make it a little bit harder to tell exactly what's going on. But in some respects, it makes it e- easier to judge pitching, I feel like, because it is not a place that uh, a lot of guys are going to go and excel in. So how's it going down there? Daniel Johnson's scuffling. Now we have about 19 games, 76 at-bats for him. He's hitting under 200. 33 strikeouts in 19 games. Uh, he's pressing. Four home runs. And that's the other problem is sometimes those players get down there and it's easy to hit home runs and they start trying to hit home runs and you run into an issue. 22 games for Bobby Bradley. He's got seven home runs. Uh, he only has seven walks. He has 30 strikeouts. So again, and he's hitting 171. So if you're like, well, why is Bobby Bradley not here? Uh, it's been a struggle. He is pressing as well. Nolan Jones, just keeping up with those batting averages under 200. Now, the difference with a Nolan Jones, uh, you know, for him as opposed to the other players we talked about, uh, A, he's not hitting any power right now, but he also walks at such a high percentage. He actually has the most total walks on the team at 16. So his on-base percentage of 341 is actually a solid on-base percentage. He's hitting 189. He has more walks than hits. Uh, he is very selective at the plate. Uh, could be one of those things where it becomes a negative if he gets over-selective. But his on-base percentage is actually you know, quite good. It's you know, almost 100 points higher than Bobby Bradley. Problem is his slugging is just not good. He's not hitting the ball. He's got one home run and five doubles in those 74 at-bats. Gabriel Arias struggling as well. Uh, down there, he's he's got more home runs. Uh, he's also walking a lot, which is interesting because his profile was there was a lot of swing and miss to his game, but he is second on the team in walks, which means his on-base percentage actually not that terrible at 326. Also, just not hitting for power, a little bit higher slugging than Nolan Jones. Now, again, this is only 20-odd games, so this is not the end-all, be-all. Worst performer, Oscar Mercado. I... If they need to take a player off the 40-man, you take Mercado off because who's going to risk it? Like, you know, at this point in time, you have so many outfielders, and he just looks lost. He was lost last year. He was or in 2019. It's just, I mean, he's played his way off the 40-man. Like, it, when they have to make a decision, and they eventually will, you know, when players get healthy, when they have to move someone around, when Berto comes back, for instance, I, I mean, Mercado seems the easy place to go. Uh why did they call up Zimmer and Miller? Because those are the guys. You know, like Zimmer's at a 780 OPS. Miller was Miller was just on in, completely on you know in fuego. If that is still a term people use, with a 1067 OPS. Uh, just looking at those kind of big number stuff. 
uh, Ryan Lavernway, Lavernway, the former prospect uh, for Boston as a catcher, is is playing very well as a vet there. Daniel Johnson at 720, for all of his struggles, he is hitting for power with the four home runs. Uh, so the slugging kind of jumps up for him, and he has an OPS over 700, so that's at least something there, right? Uh, yeah, but the rest of it's not inspiring. It's not a lot of guys where you look at their stuff and you're like, okay, this is someone that uh, we expect to see up in the big leagues uh, or who are playing their way into and you know, we have to get this guy up now spot. As for the other players down there, Jimenez is still struggling. Tyler Krieger has had some opportunities. Uh, Connor Maribel, no one's, none of them are really performing. Ernie Clement is actually playing really well in very limited opportunities. He just, you know, Jimenez has taken a spot. Miller took at-bats. Uh, Arias takes at-bats. Clement just doesn't get those opportunities, but he's actually performing really well in 34 at-bats. Unfortunately, it's 10 games. We don't have too much data on that. Uh, I've gone long again, so... We'll just quickly end this. I'm Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Remember to rate and review. Download daily. That all helps the show. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.